0: As the top free agents come off the board, there's still some contenders with holes on their roster. Can we fill them? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby. Baseball writer and podcaster, thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And Mike Petrello over at MLB.com wrote an article recently about some of the contenders that still have work to be done, still have holes on their roster, now that a majority of the top 25 free agents, not all of them, Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson, have signed. So let's look at some of these holes with some of these contenders and figure out, can we find a way to fill them? Uh, now I'll link the piece in the show notes Mike does a little bit of work to try to uh define who's a contender and things like that and and what some legitimate needs are but the number one thing that he points to the number like the first thing he mentions in the the article is catcher for the Astros looking at the projections in 2023 the offensive production from uh the Astros catchers is projected to be 29th out of 30 teams in MLB. And I think a big part of that is owing to the offensive deficiencies of Martin Maldonado. Now, going to, uh, last year, 113 games for Maldonado: 186, 248, 352, 15 home runs, 27 extra base hits, 22 walks to 116 strikeouts. We saw the Astros uh, one, win a World Series despite that, so I'm not necessarily sure how big of a hole it is, but. Uh, He does make the note, this isn't like a one-year blip in Maldonado's slash line. In 2021, 172, 272, 300. So this is an improvement over where he was in 2021, but combined, 805 plate appearances in those two seasons, a 63 OPS. Not great. Average for catchers hovers somewhere between 89 and 95, depending on the offensive environment you're in. And so... They break into this piece talking about what are some of the options. Obviously, Christian Vasquez, they traded for him last year from the Red Sox. Uh, started two games in the World Series. He's signed a three-year deal with the Twins, so he is not an option. Uh, they they look at a couple things, whether it's uh, trading for Danny Jansen, signing Omar Narvarez. And we can look at some of these options, but I think they're going to fix it a different way. Omar Narvarez is a guy that over his career, has been worth about seven war and holds a career 100 OPS. But in 2022 with Milwaukee, didn't necessarily look great. 84 games at age 30, 206, 292, 305. Hit four home runs, 17 extra base hits, got a triple somehow, with 29 walks and 57 strikeouts. So OPS plus was 71, now, maybe you can bank a bit on Narvarez recapturing the 2021 form where he was an all star that played, that both caught and played a little tiny bit of second base, but batted 266, 342, 402 with 11 home runs and 31 extra base hits in 123 games. Came out to an OPS plus for the season of 101. Um, don't quite necessarily know if that's going to happen. We saw some of the conversation come up on Monday and Tuesday, that the Astros were talking to the Diamondbacks about trading for Dalton Varsho. If you've listened to this show every day, you know I'm a fan of Dalton Varsho. He was one of the reasons I won my fantasy league, uh, redraft league, not the dynasty league, won the redraft league last year. But the thing that I, I'd be cautious about a couple things when it comes to trading for Dalton Varsho. Number one is he hasn't actually caught a game since I think it was June 9th. He played mostly outfield uh, late in the year and down the stretch. And I really think that they see him as more of a uh, an outfielder than a catcher. I think he's probably not suited to do more than, than third catcher, you know, emergency slash uh, backup catcher because of injury duties more so than being a full-time catcher. He does have legitimate defensive value in both center field and right field and hit 27 home runs out there, stole some bases. I think he's better suited as an outfielder than he is as a catcher. Uh, it really feels, honestly, like rather than trading for Danny Jansen or going for a non-offensive catcher like a Gary Sanchez or Tucker Barnhart, I really think Houston's going to try to make it work with their two young prospects. They've got two catchers that are in their top tens right now uh, in in Yanye Diaz and Corey Lee. So Corey Lee, talked about it on the Astro Show last week, but 2019 first-rounder out of Cal. He is uh, the one where the defender, like he's the better defender than offensive player compared to Diaz's better offense than defense. But for Corey Lee, 104 games in A last year. 238, 307, 483. 25 home runs, 47 extra base hits. 36 walks to 127 strikeouts. Was also 12 of 13 on stolen bases. Now, he did get six games of playtime at the big league level. Eight total at-bats, 125, 222, 250. Looked a little overmatched at the big league level. But offensively, I think he figured something out late in the year. There was a stretch, a 27-game stretch in August and September in AAA Sugarland where he hit 13 home runs. I absolutely think that the the average offensive ability and the average power profiles as somebody who's going to be solid, maybe unspectacular, but solid. Uh he he hit a lot of ground balls early in his career. He's fixed that a little bit. He's really simplified the uh simplified the setup at the plate. Had a lot of extra moving parts. Uh and so I think he can get to average. It's just a question of getting him acclimated to big league pitching. At the same time, he also simplified his defense. Uh, he uses the one knee stance now, helps his pop time. The arm—it's probably a 65 or 70 grade arm, although a little bit of an accuracy issues. Working on that. And so you you have a package of above average defense, below average speed. But he's a catcher, you know, whatever. It's still 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 12 bases, but below average speed, and offensively again can get to average uh, can can use his whole body can drive the ball to all fields line drives things like that and again i think he may have unlocked something late in the year behind him you have Yanye diaz who is more of a backup catcher profile he's a he's an offense first guy but right now geared more towards line drives than home runs I do think, I mean, given the frame and everything, he has the strength to have uh, eventually have above average raw power. But right now it's average contact and it's, or it's below average contact and average power. And so it manifests more as line drives than home runs. He can play a little bit of first base. The defense isn't great. The speed's probably even lower uh, than Corey Lee's. But I really think the Astros are going to roll with Maldonado. Get Corey Lee as much as many chances to play and develop as they can with Yanye Diaz as the backup option if that doesn't work. That really feels like that's what's going to happen for the Astros. In just a minute, I want to get to the conversation they have in here on the Red Sox and the Braves and the work that they have to do. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Pro football, uh, obviously pushed to the playoffs right now. We just saw that Kyler Murray out for the year with a torn ACL. Uh, He'll have more time for Call of Duty, but obviously has a potential of changing the balance of power there in the West. Uh, College Bowl season is coming up. Get your pick'em picks in soon. Uh, Those games will kick off soon. They're going to take us all the way through the national championship. At the same time, you've got NBA basketball, college basketball. uh, Conference play starts in January. Right now, you're in that holiday time. If you want to go see a college basketball game, now's probably the time to go because a lot of campuses are clearing out for the holidays. World Cup is still going on, I think. So you can get soccer as well. They've got everything at betterline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because bet online, is where the game starts. Okay, so next in the article from Mike Petrello at MLB.com, again, we'll link it in the show notes and in the episode description, they're talking about work that the Red Sox have to do and the Braves have to do. And I grouped these guys together. They're not together in the article, but I grouped them together because I think they, they, they'll they have the similar approach here. So for the Red Sox, the conversation is the middle infield, right? And it's either second base or shortstop depending on where on where Trevor Story is. We obviously know Xander Bogarts is gone. He is now a member of the Padres. They are doing the all shortstop thing where you just sign a bunch of shortstops and then find places to put them. Uh, that's a joke, but I will remind you most right-handed position players on the diamond probably started off at shortstop at one point in time in their careers outside of maybe catcher and first base. So the Red Sox have to figure out what to do. And the question is, do they move Trevor Story from second base to shortstop? Or do they leave him at second base? If you move Story at short, you've got questions about arm strength. And they link to the StatCast arm strength leaderboard. This is something new that came out last year. Quick refresher on how this works. Uh, for pitchers, it's really easy to calculate arm strength. You look at the average of like their fastballs and stuff. But in ba- like for position players, so many of your throws are in non, non-important situations. You know, you're lobbing a ball back into the infielder or whatever it may be. And so what they do for position players is they take the average of your top 10% of throws. The idea is here are views of you legitimately having to try to throw a guy out and we're going to average those. When you pull up the, uh, the position player leaderboard for anybody who's played second base, shortstop or third base and has enough throws to qualify, Trevor Story out of 162 players, Trevor Story is at 155th. With an arm strength, an average arm strength on that top 10 percentile of throws of 76.1 miles an hour in the infield. Number 162 is Colton Wong. Now, just because you may have a below average arm doesn't mean you can't be a good big leaguer. 160, Ozzy Albies. 161, Jose Altuve. So this is just one component. But what th- the point that they're making in the piece by linking this really cool leaderboard from StatCast is that you can't necessarily... Like, the arm strength does matter. It is a thing. It is legitimate. And so they they talk about he's there. Now, is this also the end-all, be-all? No. Right above Trevor's story is Gavin Lux, former top prospect for the Dodgers, plays all over the diamond now. But he has speeds on here for both second base and left field. His average speed in the infield, 76.1 miles an hour. His average speed in the outfield... 83.3. So it is a different situation because you are not throwing as far, uh, different game situations. We're not saying that Trevor Story can't throw harder than 76. I'm saying this is not the end all be all, but it is pretty descriptive and gives us a pretty good idea of how hard he has been able to throw the ball in games. So if you don't move Trevor Story to shortstop, you have to figure out what to do. You can look at the free agent tiers and you can see, okay, Carlos Correa is still out there. Dansby Swanson is still out there. You could sign either one of those guys and move and have them at shortstop and keep Story at second. If you move Story to shortstop, you have options like Kike Hernandez or Christian Arroyo at second. Neither one of those are great. And so you have to look at an option of maybe a second-tier veteran, an Elvis Andrus, uh, Jose Iglesias. And then there's a couple trade options. Uh, the 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 bad part here for Red Sox fans is there isn't really a prospect that you can call up to play shortstop right now for the Boston Red Sox. Marcelo Meyer is not close to ready. I think that there's a better argument to be made for trading Marcelo Meyer to go get a guy versus calling somebody up to play shortstop right now. Now. Is there a possibility that, like, Zidane Raffaella, that they get a little bit desperate and try to get him up? Same thing. He's only been in double A. And so you have, I mean, you have shortstops in your top 30. You have infielders. You have Nick York, who is there at five as a second baseman, whereas the idea is you absolutely could bring him up to play. But he slumped last year in high A. Like, you, you have infield prospects. You don't have anybody who is ready. It really does feel like the best option for you is to sign a bridge shortstop, sign a veteran, say, you know, uh, sign a Jose Iglesias who's been on the Red Sox, I think, twice already. Um, keep Trevor Story at second until you get a Marcelo Meyer or somebody ready. You could also make a package. I could see something we talked with, with Jake, Jake Ignowski on. Uh, locked on Red Sox a couple weeks ago about if they were to try to trade for Shane Bieber. I think if you're trying to trade for Shane Bieber, you ask for a Med Rosario in that deal as well, knowing you're going to have to move somebody like a Marcelo Meyer anyway to do that. In the piece, they also discuss the Atlanta Braves having to figure out left field. Now, I'm working off of the assumption here that the Braves did not re-sign Dansby Swanson and moved Von Gr- had Von Grissom play shortstop, and so then you're trying to figure out options in left field. Uh, internal options, there's not a ton. You've got Eddie Rosario, who looked good in the 2021 postseason for Atlanta. He struggled as far as offensively last year. He had vision issues to start the year, had a minor corrective surgery on that. Uh, The bat never really regained form and he's never been known as a great defender. And we know, looking back at the Sean Murphy trade and the comments that Alex Anthopoulos made at that time, that the Braves do value defense all over the, especially up the middle, but all over the field a little bit more than some other organizations. Uh, That's why Marcelo Zuna, for one of like seven reasons, is also not a good fit for Atlanta for left field. On that same arm strength leaderboard, he's one of the weakest arms in the outfield. His defense hasn't really been good uh, since he was a prospect. Wasn't really great when he was a prospect either. And he hasn't hit since 2020. Oh, and also, he's had multiple run-ins with law enforcement uh, and has been suspended by the commissioner's office at least once for off-the-field conduct. So, uh, in the piece, they suggest maybe signing a Michael Conforto or an Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, you do have a, more options than just that. Andrew Benatendi is out there. Uh, I do think the Braves could also re-sign Adam Duvall. They've now had Adam Duvall as part of the organization twice. They traded for him from the Reds. Uh, he joined the Marlins in 2021 and they traded to get him back. Uh, had him until he got hurt last year. I think he broke his wrist last year after moving from center to, to left uh, once Michael Harris came up. Uh, But on the trade market, we've seen the Braves not be afraid to move top prospects. They traded Kyle Muller, Freddie Tarnock, and Roy Burr Salinas. We saw them trade Justin Henry Malloy to the Tigers for a prospect as well. And so if you wanted to trade a top prospect, which is going to be a pitcher because that's where Atlanta is right now, I think you could go to the Orioles who are looking for pitching and try to get somebody like an Anthony Santander to play your left field and to give you some power out there. It's not a perfect fit. Obviously, you do have questions defensively with Santander as well. But there are options if Atlanta wants to throw another veteran at that spot. And to do it, you're going to have to trade a pitcher. Now, uh, I know that they want to keep A.J. smith Shaver. I think he's the highest ceiling prospect of any of the Braves pitching prospects. We need to do a whole show going over these guys. But you could easily trade one of your prep draftees, an Owen Murphy or J.R. Ritchie, or find a guy that's closer to the bigs that can give Baltimore more immediate impact to go get an Anthony Santander or an Austin Hayes. In just a minute, I want to get to speaking of the Orioles, the Orioles and the Cardinals, and their search for starting pitching right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. After making Locked On The Big Prospects your first listen, make your second listen the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's a fantastic way to keep up with all of the news all across sports. The games that matter the most the biggest stories. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today is available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. And once you've done that, if you want more baseball conversation, I invite you to join the Lockdown MLB Prospects Discord. We started our own Discord server up on popular request. Uh, so it's a place for baseball fans to gather, ask questions, call, chat about baseball, about farm systems, about free agency. Link is in the show notes below and in the episode description. Check it out and come join us. So in this piece, again, from MLB.com, from Mike Petrello, they're talking about teams, contenders with holes to fill. And they talk about both Cardinals and Orioles starting pitching. The Orioles, a little bit of a more dire situation as far as starting pitching goes. They have them projected at 28th out of 30 teams in starting pitcher performance, while the Cardinals are at 21st. But both of these teams are teams that legitimately do need to add starters. Now, I think for the Orioles, when you look at what they have, look at their top five right now. You have Kyle Gibson, 35 years old, probably your number one righty. You have Kyle Bradish, righty, 26 years old. You have Dean Kramer, 26, 27, righty. Tyler Wells at 28, righty. And then we're assuming Grayson Rodriguez, the best pitching prospect in baseball, is going to get called up and is going to have that fifth spot in the rotation at age 23 as a righty. Big thing there. I'm sure you picked up on it. It's a lot of righties. You don't, as of now... Have a lefty starter, and so they make the point in the piece. This seems obvious. All of the Orioles fans are saying this as well. Go sign Carlos Rodon. Don't overthink it. Just do it. You can get other pitchers. There are, I mean, there are guys you could go out there and trade. We've had this conversation. We've done whole shows about the Marlins are looking to move Pablo Lopez, the Marlins' a center fielder. You can go out right now and make the Cedric Mullins. For Pablo Lopez trade especially after seeing what Sean Murphy went for between the Braves and the A's and the Brewers you can go right now trade leadoff man Cedric Mullins to Miami bring Pablo Lopez in and then you have outfield prospects you can call up you have a Colton Cowser, who you have a Hess and Kierstad who would be ready soon and so you can make it work in the outfield right now now, you'd have Colton Cowser, Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes would be center, right, and left. But Kyle Stowers has an option out there as well. And you may have to embrace the youth movement knowing that you'll have Gunnar Henderson uh, at either short or third, along with Jorge Mateo. Like You'll have a really young lineup. That would give you nine regulars all under the age of 30. But there's not many other ways to get quality pitching. And a lot of these pitchers I don't quite think are ready uh, obviously you have a DL Hall, you've given him a shot. Uh, you have some guys like Bruce Zimmerman, maybe a starting pitcher. You have a couple guys, but uh, Pablo Lopez, Carlos Rodon would definitely be a way to add some diversity to your, to your starting rotation, some veteran experience, as well as in Rodon, give you that front of the rotation ace. The Cardinals, a little bit of a different situation, and they acknowledge it here in the piece. They have a bunch of starting options. Uh, Injury concerns with a lot of these guys. Like if I'm looking at the starting rotation right now, you're probably penciling in in this Adam Wainwright, who is 41. Miles Mikolas, 34. Jordan Montgomery, at age 30. Uh, Jack Flaherty, been hurt plenty, age 27, but he's been hurt. Steven Matz, 31, who's also been hurt. And so you're in a situation where a lot of injury concerns there. You're going to need some of that depth you have. I mean, and guys, we've talked about on this show before. Uh, you know, Matthew Libertor, Gordon Rissello, Michael McGreevy, like young guys. You may have to call up and use. You've got plenty of options. But what you could do, again, you could use that outfield depth that you have. You're adding Jordan Walker to the outfield. Use some of those extra outfielders that you have between a Tyler O'Neill, Lars Newtbar, Dylan Carlson, Alec Burleson. And Jordan Walker, trade one or two of those guys who can play center for a Pablo Lopez. Go out and get Pablo Lopez. He gives you a strike throwing element and a strikeout thing that you don't necessarily have right now. He was about, I want to say, he was about 8.5 or 8.9 strikeouts per nine innings, whereas this entire rotation last year had about an 18% strikeout rate, which was seventh, seventh lowest in all of baseball. I do think there is some merit, as they mentioned in here. You can sign a guy like a Nathan Eovaldi. Now, concerns with signing some of these free agents is you do have to worry about the qualifying offer. So you would lose a draft pick and the bonus pool that comes along with that to sign a guy with a qualifying offer. But you do have options. Um, It's just a question of what what do the Cardinals choose to do? They chose not to make the trade for Sean Murphy. Uh, they made a package of prospects available, and so can you use those prospects and go out and get a pitcher? I absolutely think you can. You could probably add a guy in free agency and go and trade for a guy to give you seven, eight, nine different starting options to get all the way through a season. Fantastic show this week. If you have uh, questions for the show? I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. Or you can email us, locked on MLB Prospects at gmail.com. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects.